Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the H&P Journey Podcast, where we meet the people of Helmark and Payne and explore the core values that have shaped our company. My name is Lance Mann. I work here at H&P, and I'll be your host. Today, we're exploring the H&P core value, teamwork, and we'll talk to one of our employees about how this core value has played such a large role in his H&P journey. Patrick Lencioni, a renowned organizational health expert, said that the ideal team player embodies three virtues, humility, hunger, and people smarts. Teamwork is essential to everything that we do at H&P, from executing a rig move to deploying a new software. We need to work together as a team to safely and successfully get the job done and ultimately deliver better outcomes for our customers. That is why teamwork is one of our core values and why we ask our people to embody the ideal team player, hungry, humble, and smart. Before we hear from today's guest, let's take a quick break. At HMP, we care about the safety of our employees. That includes when you're on the road. Please remember to always wear your seatbelt. And if you're tired, it's better to stop and rest than to fall asleep at the wheel. Also, a text message isn't worth your life. Keep your eyes on the road. Be alert and aware. And please, drive safe. Welcome back. We're now going to hear from Sam Green, way out in West Texas. Sam has been with H&P for over 15 years and has had many different roles during his H&P journey. His current role is maintenance superintendent. Working hard, bringing the right people together, and celebrating success have been the drivers throughout Sam's H&P journey. Hello, Sam. We appreciate you joining us today. Let's jump right in. And if you could, tell us a little bit about your background before H&P. Where'd you work and what kind of work did you do? Um, I graduated high school in 2004, a little small town, uh, Bullard, um, East Texas. Actually, we have one of our offices there now. Uh, moved to Houston, went to a technical school there, uh, worked for uh, Toyota Lexus as a technician for them. And then um, I moved over to another oil field company to start my oil field career, uh, building BOPs for them before I started uh, H&P. I came to H&P in um, December of 2007, working as a field mechanic uh, in the East Texas uh, district, um, working for uh, Dave Trainmeyer. Um, basically, got a call one day when I was working in Houston and asked, uh, "Hey, uh, well, my brother-in-law called me because he was working as a mechanic. He said, "Hey, how do you feel about uh, turning wrenches again?" I said, "I'm interested." And he said, well, "Come." Uh, Come do an interview, and so I drove to East Texas one day, interviewed with uh, Dave Trainmeyer, and so you got to go back home at that point in time. So, and that was yep. 07. So, how many years does that make that you've been with HMP now? This year will be 15. I started in East Texas. I mean, I traveled out to West Texas to work. Worked in a uh, South Texas a little. Traveled down there. When uh, Dave was still the boss over that area, uh, worked all over Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Uh, the only place I really haven't been is mainly Oklahoma and farther up north. And it's too cold for me up there. <laughs> You've worked in quite a few different locations. Could you maybe talk us through some of the different roles you've worked in at HMP? Field mechanic, 
all the way until 2014 when I got promoted to be a, a, a supervisor, a maintenance supervisor out here in Odessa working for Chris Jones. Up, move my family, everybody out to West Texas. We bought a house in Midland. Um, I did that role for a couple years. And then uh, during one of the downturns, I was asked if I wanted to take over BOP. Uh, Chris found out I had BOP um, experience. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I can't promise you anything. So I did a well control superintendent for a few years, uh, learned a lot. I thought I knew some, but no, I, I learned a whole lot doing that position. That's a lot of paperwork. And uh, then did it for a little bit. And then uh, I was asked if I wanted to become a electrical superintendent. And so I did it and I mean, it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot and I've I got a lot of great field techs that work for me and they have jumped in. And How long have you been in this latest role as electrical superintendent? I would say it's been a little over two years, I believe. What would you say has been really a key, some of the keys to your success in taking on a role in an area where you're not all that familiar with? Getting out there, meeting the guys, talking to them, and uh, I would say going to the field and seeing what actually they do and what they work on. Um, I really learned the most whenever we did a high torque top drive upgrade, and I went out there and I worked all night with the guys pulling cables, wiring up plugs, wiring and putting the new top drive in, wiring it up. And I mean, just getting out there and being hands on with them. I mean, to me, I feel like you earn their respect when you do it and you also learn knowledge. You, you get their knowledge. So you've been on a lot of different teams. You've been in several different leadership roles. What would you say, you know, teamwork obviously is gonna be a big part of that as, and as it is also one of our uh, core values at HMP. What does teamwork mean to you? Um, basically being, jumping in there, helping your brothers. I mean, being a brother's keeper, um, not being afraid to ask, you know, ask for help and to jump in there and basically you sense when they need help working together and everybody just working hand by, side by side and knocking the job out. So as I've heard it, you are pretty good at putting together good teams, what would you say are some of the key factors there? I would say learning the team members, um, learning their attitudes, how they work, um, what kind of knowledge they have. I mean, everybody works different. Um, no one works the same. I've never met a person at HMP that works 100% the same as someone else. Basically, you try the best matching people's attitudes together, uh, their work how they work, matching that together. And basically you build a team little by little. I mean, you're always gonna have your rock star, but everybody knows you can't have a hundred rock stars and make a team. You always gotta have people that, you know, are still learning. They're willing to do the job, but they're willing to jump in there and help out also. So in this current period of growth where we're hiring in more new folks than, than maybe during other time periods, how do you go about figuring out which new team member someone might ought to be matched up with? Um, basically, whenever a new team member comes in, I'll bring them in my office, sit down, talk with them, and kind of just get a feel for them. I mean, you you learn a lot about somebody in the interview, but once they're out of that interview and they they know they have the job, they're a little bit more comfortable to sit down and talk to you and basically tell you about their life, tell you you know what's going on what they know, what they don't know, and basically how they like to work too. 
Um, I do have a lot of guys that they don't like being called out at night, but they still get called out at night. But I love, I got guys that love being called out to work at night. They'd rather work at night than, than during the day. So just sitting down and talking with them and uh, learning, you know, what they have to bring to the table. So Sam, could you tell us about an example of maybe where you've seen people come together and really work together well as a team? Um, yeah, uh, basically we'll go back to that, uh, top drive upgrade we did last summer on rig 460. Uh, we knew it was going to be a 24 hour around the clock, just everybody busting tail to make it happen. Cause we had a short window, very short rig move. I think they wind up moving maybe a quarter of a mile up the hill. So we knew we had a very short window to get everything knocked out. Um, I had six people on that radio at one time. Um, everybody, we basically got together and uh, we discussed who's doing what, who's working with who. Um, I had my lead tech. Uh, he had another technician with him. They did all the VFD work. Me and uh, two other uh, technicians, we worked on the whole mast. And then odd and in, we'd have guys coming in and uh, helping pull cable. And basically everybody knew what their job was. And when they got done with that task, they, they would come to us and ask me, hey, what's the next task? And we would just scratch them off the list just one by one. What advice would you give to an electrician that's maybe out on location that is waiting to get in to do some sort of inspection or work in the VFD house, but there's something in the way, something the rig hands are working on, and he's just not able to get in there yet? Is that something where they should go find something else to do, help the other team out? What, what, what do you expect your guys to do? Um, when it comes to that, go talk to the rig manager or the driller and kind of get a, a basically a timeline of how long before they can work on something. Um, and then I always tell my guys, go, go look the rig over, go do an audit, a quick walk around audit, make a list. If you can work on it, work on other items, uh, knock them out then. If not, get a parts list together. I mean, get a, a very good audit list and uh, we'll do it on rig move. That way we have a game plan. And as we're, as we're rigging up, I know that's one of the more hectic times. How do you expect the electricians to work with the rig crews when it comes to plugging in electrical components and, and what's kind of the rules around that? <clears throat> I like to have all my electricians go around, basically put their hands on every plug, uh, make sure every plug is labeled. If it's not labeled, engrave it or you know we are installing the new label system um make sure it has all the labels on it all the uh, it hasn't been pressure washed off or anything like that and go around just do a quick audit on the plugs make sure you know they haven't been pushed back they're not full of mud water you know anything like that how do you expect them to work with the rig hands in that kind of a scenario should the rig hands be doing any of that stuff on their own, should that be kind of a teamwork effort to, to get stuff plugged in and get labels put on, or or is that something electricians only should be doing? No, it's a, it's a teamwork. I mean, we do have a lot of other tasks we're doing during rig moves, and like I tell my electricians is, go over there, teach the newer guys, uh, show them where it goes, tell them what it, what it does, tell them what the effects are if it is not plugged in correctly. Um, basically, you know, burn up plugs, damaged equipment, stuff like that. You know, just, just let them know so they know for future rig moves that 
hey, this is how it needs to be done. And this is the correct way. Oftentimes, sometimes things don't go as planned and people either don't work together all that well or whatever the case might be, maybe some external factors. Could you maybe talk about, without names, obviously, but when things haven't gone right and then how maybe you would turn things around with regards to teamwork and people working together? Yeah, I mean, like I said, everybody works different and you have some guys that work really well together and you have some that just don't, they don't jive. I mean, basically I've had it a couple of times. You, you put both of them on the phone and you tell them what job we have. And this is the job that we're dealt today. And I'm sorry, you can't work with your other partner. Uh, they're off doing another job, but y'all have to work together and get this job done. I mean, this is what H and P pays us to do. I mean, this is basically we're in the, uh, eye of the customer, you know, and we want to put on a good showing. I mean, of course, rigs are going to break down, but, when they do break, we want to make sure we get out there and we show, you know, our best ability to get it back up and running as fast as possible. It is good for to mix up the crews a little bit here and there. Um, that way you don't get complacent. I mean, you're not, you, you know, I mean, you work with the same guy over and over. You know what he's going to do and how he's going to do it and what he can do. I mean, you put them with a newer technician. That means they have to step back and rethink the whole process all over again. And, um, to me, I think it helps them with their work and um, ability to learn and teach and for them to remember they were also, you know, new at one time and they had to, you know, learn from another technician. I'm wondering, as you're trying to figure out teams, especially with new guys coming in, how do you go about figuring out who's who and who's going to work best with who? I would say like a, just sitting down and talking with them, um, kind of filling them out seeing what their what their hobbies are what they like to do i mean like me i like i like to drag race but if you put me with somebody that talks about football we're probably not going to get along very well because i really don't care about football so it's just you know learning what everybody likes to do you know outside of work because i mean h&p pays us to do a job but we all know we're here for our family you know and make a, a, a great living doing this job that way if you can put somebody together that has the same hobbies or likes the same things. I mean, it just, the job just goes a whole lot better. As you're doing that and as you're putting guys together, do, do you rotate them like, or would you just put a new guy with one guy and, and let them roll like that for a while? Most of the time I'll put one guy, a new guy with a uh, one senior tech and let him work with him for a few hitches. And then probably after a few hitches, I'll break them up and I'll move them over to a different technician, another senior tech, and let them learn from them. Because everybody teaches different. Everybody has their little tricks. I mean, they like to show people different things. Um, so, and there's, you know, there's a couple different ways of teaching things. Some people teach it with hands-on. Some people teach explaining it. Um, so it's just, it's good to break them off and let them learn from other ones. As you're just really trying to understand dynamics and people, do you do you ever bring the new guys back in for a conversation about how the senior guys are performing in that scenario? Yeah, usually after your first hitch or after a couple of hitches, I'll bring you in and talk with you and see which one you like working with better. I mean, once you've been around a few technicians, um, see which one you felt like you kind of connected more with and um, feel like he's the one that could bring you up, you know, to be a, a senior tech like we all want. 
I mean, we would all love to have one pluses on our team, but we know that's not the case. So the faster we can get them to learn and uh, progress as a team member, you know, it basically it makes the the job go a whole lot easier. And teamwork is just it, it's it's awesome. Then everybody can pull their own weight. So Sam, one of the things I really want to understand is how do you how do you guide or coach people on, especially these new guys, on how to interact and and work on getting to know people to to just really help that we have the best teamwork from the beginning. Um, basically, kind of fill them out. I mean, every, I mean, everybody has their good and bad days. I mean, I have them all the time where I just come to my office. I'm like, man, please, no one come talk to me today. But. And like I tell the technicians, there's there's going to be a lot of days that we're blowing and going and everybody seems like they're mad at the world. And there's days that, you know, we're, I wouldn't say kick back, but it's an easier day where we just have rig moves going on. We don't have a lot of downtime calls. Everybody seems to be in a better mood. And you try to show the new technician, hey, this is how you kind of got to recognize how these guys feel. I mean, just kind of talk to them at their little you know, standoffish. I mean, back up a little bit, you know, don't be all up in their face trying to ask them a million questions right there. Wait till they're ready to talk to you. And most of the time, guys will come around sooner or later. I mean, we're all humans. Most of the people that we hire at HMP, they usually work out really well. And then you do have your one-offs. I mean, that no one can get along with. They don't work good with others. Um, a lot of the rig managers don't want them on their location. Uh, basically, you bring that guy in and you just have to sit down and tell him, hey, it, it's time to figure this out. I mean, either you're going to be a team player or you're going to have to move it on down the road. I mean, because basically you're you're disrupting my team. I mean, it's like the perfect baseball team. Uh, I mean, if you've got that one-off player that don't want to pull their own weight, don't want to help others out, I mean, it just it disrupts. Your teamwork just goes basically in a trash can real fast. Do you see those guys turn around sometimes or usually is it just too far gone by the time you're having that conversation? Uh, a lot of times they will turn it around. Uh, there has been some one-off cases where basically they just weed themselves out. Um, it just isn't for some people. But for the people that make it through, I think they uh, become some of the best team leaders there is. Sam, could you tell us about a time that you worked on a team that exhibited really good teamwork. If you could tell us uh, what it was that made that a really great team and then what did that team accomplish? I mean, I would say my last two teams, especially BOP and electrical, they're, they've been amazing. I mean, the guys have been awesome. Um, what really stood out for me is uh, last year in 21 when I got COVID. Um, I was out of work for almost a month and my team didn't miss a bit. I mean, it's like I just walked away and they just kept running. Their feet were on the ground, boots on, and they were making it happen. Um, and I think a lot of part of that is my my lead technician. I mean, he stepped up. Um, he was on days off when he got the phone call and he stepped up and basically he just he ran the team and we have such a great team members. They were willing to uh, understand and listen to him and just knock it out of the park. I mean, you didn't hear of any bickering or anything. They knew what they had to do. And, uh, and I told them when I came back, I, if, I mean, I, it was huge respect. Uh, they gained a lot of respect for me from that. 
That is a sign, it sounds like to me, Sam, of exceptional leadership to have a team. I've always heard that uh, said that if you can walk away for a month and your team keeps it together and makes things happen, then and that's, that's a sign of a really good leader. So great job there. As we think about team members, how would you describe your ideal team member? For one, being hungry, um, always wanting to learn. Um, always willing to step in. Um, I've had a lot of my technicians, they're they're willing to work their days off. I don't encourage it, but there is a lot of guys they want to learn. And so I'll tell them, hey, yeah, you can work a couple of your days off. Uh, I still want you to go home and take a, a few days off. Um, but just willing to get out there and having basically a positive attitude, um, just jumping in wherever he needs to be and never saying no. Um, if there's a conflict, him trying to figure it out on his own and, and then realizing I, this is a little bit above my head when to call home and, uh, get me involved. That's really good. I like that. Sam. thanks to wrap it up. There have obviously been quite a few extenuating circumstances over the past few years. What do you see being the future of successful teams here at HMP? What, what's it going to really take to be successful as a team in the future? Always have an open mind, I would say. I mean, we're dealt a big bag of cards some days. I mean, or, I mean, you could put it a million different ways, but just being very open-minded about it, um, not trying to get down in the weeds, um, and just being willing to help one another out, um, not being standoffish, you know, and just – if you see your brother struggling over there, be willing to jump in and give him a helping hand. Um, don't let him stay over there and struggle with it forever and ever. When you when you may have the secret sauce, you know how to fix it, or you know, you know he might just need someone to talk to. He might have be having a rough day and he's just not thinking correctly. So, basically, just being your brother's keeper and um, helping one another out. Sam, what do you see as being? the leader's role on a team, what is it really critical for you to do as a leader to, to make sure that the team is set up for success? Be willing to listen. Um, a lot of it's listening to your technicians, um, seeing how they feel. And I mean, just going out with them, taking them to lunch or just going in the sh shop and, you know, talking with them, um, not being a micromanager, that's for sure. Uh, that's been one thing I've been told over and over is I'm a laid back uh, leader. And so I was like, well, I, I guess that could be a good and bad thing. They said, no, it's a good thing. I said, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this not so laid back where you don't know what's going on, but, you know, laid back where you're enough where let the technicians, you know, figure it out for a little while. You know, if they need some help, you know, jump in there. But if you let the technicians, you know, do their thing, and get out there and knock the job out. They, uh, to me, it seems like they have a lot more respect for you than calling them every five to, you know, 10 minutes, bugging them, hey, what's next? Hey, what are you doing now? Uh, what can we do to make this job go faster? So what I would it, say just, you know, staying back just a little bit. What is it you think about being a micromanager, if you will? What is it about that that, that wouldn't work well for a team? Some people just don't like to be checked up on all the time. I mean, there is guys that you need to check up on for sure. 
Um, but there is guys that um, they're smart enough to let you know, you know, when something big is going on or something definitely changes in the game plan. They're smart enough to pick up the phone, call you, and let you know. Um, a lot of guys just, you know, they want you there to help them, but they don't want you there leaning over their shoulder, being like, hey, this is what you need to do, and you need to do it this way and only this way. You know, everybody has their different ways of doing the same job. As I hear you say that, it seems like maybe if you if you are checking in on them all the time, maybe that really degrades the trust. Yeah, I would say you still got to check in on them from time to time, but, I mean – you can be a little bit more lenient on, you know, how often you check in with them. Yeah. And like I said, most uh, senior are, I would say, good team members. They'll let you know when something's really going on and you yeah. need to be involved. Well, Sam, thanks for joining us today. I've really enjoyed talking with you about your journey at HMP as well as what teamwork means to you and how you have built some really fantastic teams over time. So thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that's all for today. I hope these stories have inspired you to think about where your HP journey can take you. You can find more HP journey stories at comicpain.com slash journey. And if you're interested in being featured on the podcast, reach out to hpcommunication at hp.com. Thank you all for joining and tune in to our next episode as we continue to uncover all the incredible stories of people at HP.